Well, isn't the, the, the picture, the painting there, beautiful? Um, the person who painted this doesn't know, I'm sure, that this was going to go up on the screen. Um, I'm assuming that this was actually painted during the watercolor classes, which have been happening at the Life Center. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Who painted it? Elaine. Uh, well, she didn't want to know, but lots of people were pointing at her then. You know, I think that it's important to have a time where we are able to celebrate all of the different ways that God blesses us. And he blesses us in so many different ways. He blesses us in the gifts that he gives us and giving us opportunities to use these gifts. He, he blesses us in the family that we have in our lives and the friends and, and so many other ways. And Harvest gives us a chance to just focus ourselves and send our thanks back to God for all of these blessings. But actually, for, for myself, for this week, in some ways, the week didn't pan out exactly how I thought it would at the beginning of the week. Um, as far as weeks go, it's actually been quite a tough week for me. We certainly found that during the week, we lost a whole day of things that we weren't expected were going to happen. And so when you're having a week like that, and I'm sure there's plenty of us here who feel like this week didn't quite go how they had hoped that it would. Well, what do you do when you come to think about celebrating blessings and you're thinking, but this wasn't, this wasn't the week that I thought I was going to have. Maybe we're in a place at the moment where we're thinking, well, actually, I'm not feeling particularly blessed. Well, when I was thinking about that, it reminded me of a song which was written by Matt Redmond. Now, we heard one of his songs earlier, 10,000 Reasons to Bless the Lord, O Our Soul. If you actually look across a lot of his songs, there's a real clear theme of blessing. And yet, if you take a look at one of his particular ones, you'll notice in the chorus, he talks about, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. This song, Blessed Be Your Name, it was actually written from a place of pain. It was written by Matt Redmond and his wife, Beth Redmond. And he wrote it in response to the September the 11th tragedy. And the reason why he wrote it is that he felt really burdened during that time, that there wasn't songs which he felt fully expressed how people were feeling at that time. Of course, there are amazing songs like Great Is Your Faithfulness that we were singing earlier, but for him, he wanted something which would be expressing the reality of the time that they found themselves in. He wrote in his book called Blessed Be Your Name, which he wrote regarding the circumstances around the song. He said, where were the musical poets and prophets to help the people of God find a voice in worship at this tragic time? The truth was, in most places we visited, 
or led worship in, there was a distinct lack of songs appropriate for this time. When it came to expressions of pain and lament, we had very little vocabulary to give voice to our cries. But the amazing thing about this journey that Matt Redman and his wife went on is that they expressed in the song this same journey. This is a journey of lament, which contrasts the importance of God's blessings in times of abundance, but also in times of wilderness. The song reminds us of a truth in the scriptures, something that we're reminded in the seasons, is that in all life, in all seasons of life, that we are called to bless the name of God. Now, this song, which the words are still here, it was even more deeply personal to Matt and Beth Redmond. Because as I was writing on the song, Matt was reflecting on the tragedy of when he was seven years old and he lost his father to suicide. And his wife, Beth, was reflecting, along with Matt, on the, the difficulty they'd experienced through trying to have children after experiencing several miscarriages. Well, all of this is probably feeling a bit depression, depressing, right? You know, I, I was really keen that this was going to be a Thanksgiving service. But actually, I think there's something of the truth here. Because amazingly, there's something really deep about this thanksgiving that God calls us into. And I think that this can be expressed really well in Psalm 126, where it says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. It's such an amazing juxtaposition within that psalm as it recognizes that the psalmist, during all of the different experiences that they were going through in life, harvest was always a time for them to remember the blessings in their lives, the abundance that they've been given even when times are difficult. It was a focus. And it was actually a really significant focus time throughout the Bible. The rhythm of a lot of the Hebrew religious festivals revolved around the idea of harvest. And this is something that we can often miss because we don't necessarily raise this all that often. The Passover festival was set to be around the time of the barley feast. The Feast of Weeks, which was later known as Pentecost Feast, was set to be at the time of the wheat harvest. The Feast of the Ingathering, or the Booths, was set at the time of the end-of-year harvest, when the fruit was being collected in. And each of these seasons and the festivals which were associated with that, they were created in space for people to reflect on all of the different blessings that they have, but also the blessings that they have had. 
You'll notice if you look at this passage in Exodus, where it says, first celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. Celebrate this festival annually. And then it says, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. Well, there's something exciting to remember, even when you're during times of hardship. Secondly, celebrate the festival of weeks when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the harvest season when you have harvested all of the crops from your fields. Common between all of these festi uh, festivals is the idea of harvest being a fulfillment of creation's purpose to be fruitful. It's a celebration of God's intention for the world. It's as much about looking forward as it is about looking back. And the pattern of it, it's all about focusing ourselves to celebrate God's love and grace. And this connection of love and grace to the harvest, it's also carried on into the New Testament in ways that we maybe wouldn't have recognized ourselves. We looked at recently the fruit of the Spirit, which is a beautiful picture of the harvest that the Spirit is ripening within our hearts, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and generosity and self-control. Isn't that a harvest? Isn't that something which we have been given as a gift so that we can enjoy the blessings of abundance that was promised in Jesus Christ? During our recent series on gifts and calling, it's all about recognizing God's love and grace in our lives and our call to be fruitful in the service of God. It's about harvest. It talks about how we are called to go into life and to share in abundance the gifts that we have been given, the blessings within our lives. Jesus' parables often featured harvest themes. For example, the parable of the sower, the weeds among weeds, the workers in the vineyard, the rich farmer. You can go on. Jesus' parables, these ones particularly around harvest, they can sometimes be interpreted as bleak or grave, but actually, ultimately, they're celebrating the theme of salvation and how it's deeply linked into our lives. And then 2 Corinthians particularly captures this image of salvation and harvest in Jesus' generous grace. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, For you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. This promise, this fulfillment of creation's fruitfulness can be found in Jesus' generous grace, which is so well represented on the table as we'll be coming to later. And so it is in this context, this generous grace, this 
this outworking of this festival which God's people were called to celebrate on a regular basis that we continue to celebrate throughout the year, it was within this that Paul calls the Corinthian church to be a blessing to others. He says, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Isn't that just an amazing promise? Yes, thank you. You can, you can see it when it sunk in on people. Your faces actually shone up. And I can imagine those watching online would hopefully have um, felt that reaction as well, which might have been a bit awkward if they're watching it on a train or, or something like that. But there is, there's, there's just something deeply fulfilling about this promise. It's beautiful. It's, it's a call for us, it's a challenge for us to be a blessing for others. And it echoes all of the important work that we're called to do and that we are so blessed to be able to be a part of ourselves here at Sterling. We think about the work that we're blessed to be involved in in the Life Center, in the Haven, in Lifeway Service, in Excess on Fridays in all of the creative gifts which we're seeing on display today, literally in the displays upstairs and downstairs. All of this is this outworking of this fruitfulness that we have been given. What a blessing that is. Deuteronomy talks about blessing others during the time of harvest. When we look back and see that we have left part of our harvest behind, it says, well, leave it for others. It says not to strip and hoard everything that we have. Instead, leave some for others. It says, remember that you were. It says there, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. But today... If we ask ourselves, well, what would, what would we remember? Because the amazing thing about the generous gift of grace that Christ has given us is that it is a great equalizer. Because this is a gift which is for everyone. It's a gift that we receive in our hearts from a place of brokenness. And within that, it is important to remember where we were. How has Jesus transformed our lives? How is he continuing to transform in our lives today? Because that is something which is for everyone. That is a gift, that is a blessing for us to handle, to hand on to others. And it may be that we are thinking, well, when we look at the world's problems, if you just spend time to listen to the news, it can sometimes be so depressing because you can think, well, how can I help? What can I possibly do? Surely I cannot do enough to make any kind of a difference. Well, what Paul reminds us, which is amazing, is that it isn't about what we can give full stop. It's about what we can give in Christ who strengthens us? What can we give in Christ who strengthens me?
Paul says in verses 12 to 13 in 2 Corinthians 9, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. I found when looking through all the various translations that the NIV, I thought, really captured that so well. Is that the gift that we are given the fruitfulness that we're called to, it's actually overflowing in thankfulness to God because its source is in Jesus Christ. In the NRSV, it says, through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God. It is through harvest, it's through remembering and giving that we give back glory to God. Now, Matt Redmond's gift, if we go back to the very beginning of this sermon, his was a song which he shared abundantly with others. It was a song that despite the world shaking because of the tragedy of 9-11 or the grieving over lost ones, a song which really cuts to the heart for so many people. In that song, so many people have found blessing. It was a song which was used in such a way to bless others. And ultimately, it wasn't for our benefit. The song was for the glory of God. Because the journey that he takes us on is from that journey of reflecting on our lives, how we can be thankful for so much, and how in that thankfulness, we recognize God at work within our lives. And that is what harvest is all about. It's a time for us to remember God's purposes for his creation, how that is recognized in the fruitfulness that we find. I'd like to just spend a bit of time just in reflection and reflecting on the words from the song. And I want to just create a bit of space for us to, to really allow this to, to enter into our hearts, to, to think of all the different ways that Christ has actually blessed us how we receive God's blessings within our lives. And so what I'd like to do is, I'm just going to be spending just a time in prayer, just reading through the song, Blessed Be Your Name. And as we're going through this song, I just want us just to use this as a way of rooting ourselves to think about all the different ways that God blesses us within our lives.
Heavenly Father, blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. So that every blessing you pour out, I will turn back to praise. Even when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. Yet my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Amen. So now what I would like to invite you to do is that on your seats, there should have been a leaf. Has everyone got a leaf? Thank you. So... I'm just going to just give us a bit of space to to use this leaf as a way of reflecting on how God has blessed us within our lives. Now, if you've got a pen, you might want to write on it. Or if not, you can just reflect on it because God will know what was on your heart. And then what's going to happen is there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service for you to actually come and hang the leaf on the prayer tree. As a way of really engaging in this idea of remembering all of God's blessings within your life. 
when we're going to be having communion, the children will be coming up and we'll be able to hang their blessings on the tree, which will just be a really nice reminder of all of the ways that God is blessing us within our lives. And so I'd like to just leave you with that as we go into a time of worship. It is a bit earlier, however... It's because we're going to be hearing from Startup Sterling just after and hearing about all the different ways that we can bless other people as well. But please do start thinking about how you can thank God for all the ways that he has blessed you as we then enter into a time of worship before hearing from Malcolm on Startup Sterling.